One, two, three, four. Here comes the sun. Do 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 do. Um, what's happening? Hello. How are you doing? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu, episode number 90-something or other. And this one, I don't know what we're going to call it, but I have some thoughts and ideas. So episode something titled something, but I think it's going to be good. This is the Sneaky Emu, where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that sometimes we fail to see and occasionally overlook. Uh, A lot has been happening this past week. A lot has been happening. Uh, But first, Mom, thank you so much for lending an ear. Uh, Also, I just found out that um, my neighbors, speaking of emus who sneak, my neighbors just got an emu. (laughs) Yeah, I, I haven't met it yet. I don't know if it has a name, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm keeping an eye on it because those giant six-foot-tall prehistoric birds can be a bit sneaky. You know what I'm saying? So um, today I want to talk about, and this is this is kind of it's going to be very similar to a, a sermon that I just gave in church. Uh, and so if you if you go to church or if you've listened to the sermon then some of this will sound very familiar but i as i was thinking about what to talk about this week especially after this week that we've just went through i know there's a lot of people that that don't um listen to the sermons or don't go to the church and so uh, the things that i said uh to me have continued to like work in me and work on me and it's still resonating so as i'm thinking about what it is to talk about this this week like I thought, you know, this is this is still weighing and and pressing on me so heavily that I feel like I should kind of talk through it again because if it's having that kind of effect or impact on me, um, if you've heard some of this, maybe it will can continue to have an impact on you. And if you haven't, then maybe this will be something that you need to hear this week. So <clears throat> in case you don't know. Where I live in Florida, in the great village of Geneva, we're not big enough to be a town or a city. We are a village, technically. And across the whole state of Florida, there was a, a, a little, little, uh, little storm a brewing this past week. A little, uh, not so little hurricane named Ian. Yeah, Ian came ripping through this past week, and. Uh, did a lot of damage, especially down south. We had uh, some damage. <clears throat> Several folks from the church had some some flooding. Um, my brother was going through the middle of it. Like he he had about three feet of water in his house in Fort Myers. Uh, it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, thankfully, in this area, we we've had some. We did get some. I, I lost a lot of trees in my yard. Uh, that it's going to take me a long time to fully clean up, but thankfully our house was not damaged. Thankfully all that was fine. Um, and with the exception of being out of power for, for, uh, a few hours, several hours, uh, we, we got through it. Okay. We got through it. Okay. All, all is well. So, <clears throat> um, as, as I was preparing my message on Monday, knowing that 
there was something brewing uh, in the in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I started to write, and my sermon was heading in a particular direction. But then uh, everything shut down. Like after Tuesday, schools, businesses, everybody was pretty much closed. Uh, like Tuesday evening, moving forward, uh, preparing for the hurricane, making sure everything's ready to go. And so um, I, I felt like I couldn't really write a whole lot until we saw what happened with the hurricane because i figured if we were <clears throat> if we were about to go through it to have people show up on sunday if we were even one i didn't know if we were going to have church two if they showed up to church and i gave a message on like tithing <laughs> i'm not sure how that works not that that's where we were going but you know i just wanted to make sure that it was something that was applicable to the experience that the people just had now, I will say, before I get into all this, that at, at my house on my road, um, yeah, we went through some stuff, but also we did have a really beautiful moment. We had a really, really beautiful moment with our neighborhood. Um, my, wife, my wife went to work on Tuesday. She's a, she's a pediatric emergency flight nurse. She's pretty hardcore, and she's like way cooler than I ever hoped to be. But she got called in by the hospital in preparation for the hurricane. So she was gone from Tuesday afternoon to Friday afternoon. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I was with the kids uh, by myself Tuesday night, Wednesday all day, Thursday all day, and then half of Friday, which might not seem like that big a deal. It is a lot, but I mean, we were pretty much stuck inside for most of that time. We had a few moments where we went and played in the rain and my kids got blown over by the wind and it was a good time. We had a good laugh. We got pretty wet and played in some puddles and my my son skimboarded in the side yard. That was fun. But uh, Friday afternoon, when my wife came home, we were walking around the yard and we were doing some surveying of showing her all the stuff that was blowed over, all the trees, all the things that I was kind of bothered by and and then uh some neighbors came down <clears throat> on their side by side and they had a uh, a little little cooler of some uh ice cold brewskis so we had a beer and we were chatting and they said what are you doing and i said oh we're just surveying we're just surveying because uh i'm gonna have to do a lot of work and uh, I, I want my wife to uh to see how much work i'm gonna have to do so that when it gets cleaned up she knows that, I, that i've put in the effort right because you have to get credit for the things you do you don't really, but that's how we operate. That's how I operate sometimes. So um, they, they show up, we have a brew, and then another neighbor shows up, and we all kind of just end up hanging out on the front porch, and we're having a drink and just chit-chatting and talking about it, you know, how everything went through the storm. And and then before you know it, it's like five thirty, six o'clock, and then somebody says, hey, we should just order pizza and keep hanging out. Uh, the problem is our it's really hard to get to our town, especially since the roadways are closed because of the flooding. <laughs> so they said, we, we can't get pizza really delivered to us like on a normal day, let alone like post hurricane and floods. So uh, the one guy said, well, hey, we got, um, we got, uh, I, I got some like stuff that we could do, like build your own pizza. And then the other neighbor said, yeah, we got some stuff too. And then my wife said, yeah, I think we got some stuff. So we ended up having 
one, two, three, four families over to our house uh, Friday afternoon, evening to do a build your own pizza, the, all the adults, all the kids. And then that turned into uh, my daughter and one of the other girls on our street said, hey, we should do karaoke. So we got some karaoke rolling. <clears throat> and our karaoke post-hurricane after party rolled into the night till about 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock at night, my kids. My kids don't stay up that late normally, but there was a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of laughing. And it was just a really beautiful evening. A beautiful evening amongst community, a community of families and friends um, that we got to, you know, like take a, a bit of reprieve from the heaviness of the storm and everything that everybody was dealing with and uh, just kind of be, have a sense of normalcy. You got to sing and dance. My daughter uh, or somebody signed me up without me knowing to do karaoke. Uh, and the song they gave me was It's Raining Men. So that was a real treat. Hallelujah. It's Raining Men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was some uh, Sir Mix-A-Lot. There was a lot of country songs because we live in the country and that's what people like let's do. But it was this really, really beautiful moment of just community coming together. So we got through that. Anyways, I get to church and I know we've had several families that have uh, that had a, some significant damage to their homes. I know we're looking at the southern part of the state that um, where people have lost pretty much everything. And then I'm supposed to get up and like give a word. Give, I'm supposed to speak something as we're going through this and are on the other side of it, I'm supposed to speak something that brings some sort of hope. And so th this is, this is kind of the message and I'm going to be a bit more free form than I'm, than I might've been in the sermon, but it really has, has pressed on me. It's really, I think I said before, resonated with me and I've still been chewing on it and, and sorting through it. And so figured I'd share that with you. So basically I started with the question about how do how do we think of God, right? How do how do we think of God? What is God like? Is God um, cold and distant? Is God up close and personal? Is God uh, petty and judgmental? Is God loving, but that love is conditional? How how do you think of God? Because how you think of God affects how you understand everything else. It does. It doesn't affect how you, uh, it doesn't affect what happens to you, but I believe it does affect how you go through things. And so when it comes to something like going through a, a literal hurricane, right? And I guess we all go through metaphorical storms all the time, all the time in our lives. But when you go through like a little literal hurricane, how I think of God affects how I respond to that, right? Like, where does a hurricane fit into the will of God? What, what, what about all the people who were praying for safety uh, and protection that were in Fort Myers? What about them? What about our church people that had sewage come into their house uh, and basically ruin the inside of it so they're going to have to gut the whole thing and they're scrambling to try to find a place to live for the next who knows how long by the time they get the insurance and the time they get it fixed and the time they're able to actually move back in. They've, they had to throw out so much of their stuff, right? What do you, what do you do with all that? Like my brother 
who has who ha- has this business where he, he it's a personalized uh, home care assisted living type thing, and the place that he was staying is is destroyed. Like, <clears throat> where's is is that God's will that that should happen, right? So how you think of God, that's like the question that sits under everything else. That's the thing that affects and shapes how we handle and how we go through these various moments. And so um, one of the things that I talked about was was this idea of my kids, uh, a lot of kid illustrations. Um, you know, my kids... Uh, they're continually asking me for things. They're always asking, and it's like a repetitive, and it's a it's a relentless sort of asking. and And I say no a lot. And I have three kids, so it's like relentlessness times three. So I spend a lot of time saying no. But what they don't understand is that I have a completely different perspective on all the stuff that they're asking for than they do, right? Like if we end up in a toy section. My kids will ask for everything. I say no to that a lot. One, because we don't have the budget to spend like crazy people where we just buy everything we want all the time. Two, because I don't want my kids to grow up to be like snotty little brats that 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 are entitled, that believe they should that they deserve everything, right? But when they ask for things, I, I do I do as a father want to give them good things. I want to give them good gifts. I want to to buy things that we can play together. I want them to have great experiences. But also, because of their limited uh, life experience and their limited life perspective, they when they ask for something, it's, it's usually simply to meet an immediate sort of need. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very consumeristic mentality. And then when I hear the question, I'm looking at it from a much from a much larger perspective. No, that thing that you want is really just a cheap piece of plastic, like, or uh, it, yeah, you, the kids ask to have like ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm not going to do that because it's not <laughs> it's not healthy for them, and it's it's not going. They're going to end up sick, right? They're going to end up completely sick. I, I so. Because of my perspective and because I love them, I'm going to say no. And so whether they get or don't get what they're asking for doesn't determine, isn't isn't a reflection of whether or not I love them, right? I do love them. I do want them to have good things. But as a trying to be good and loving father, that means a lot of times I say no. And sometimes I say no, not because the thing itself is bad. I say no because... Like they're not ready for the thing that they're asking for. Like if my eight-year-old asks to like have the keys to the car, I'm going to say no. It's not because I don't love him. It's not because I don't want him to one day be able to have a car. It's not that a car is bad. It's just that he's not ready yet. He's not mature enough. He's not old enough. He's not ready for that kind of responsibility, right? One day he will be. And one day I will say yes. I will say yes to that. And so I think for us, a lot of times we we come to God with all these questions. We 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 ask God for things. We uh, we ask God to do this, to do that, and sometimes we don't get them, or sometimes God doesn't seem to respond. 
and sometimes God doesn't seem to deliver, um, you can have your heart and mind really, really set on something, something that you really want, something that you've been praying for for a long time. Maybe it's a house, maybe it's a job, maybe it's, you know, I know for some people trying to get pregnant that they really want to want want a child. Maybe it's the physical healing of a loved one. Maybe it's the healing of relationship and you spend all this time praying over what it is you want and then things don't end up going your way, right? And this can be really frustrating. This can be really um, disappointing. This can be like us as kids standing in the toy section saying, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. And God's saying, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Like, because he's looking at things from a different perspective. and And it's helpful to keep in mind that I think the same way that I look at my kids and go, um, my love for you is not reflected in whether you get what you want or not. And actually, the things that I say no to are actually because I love you, not because I'm withholding or being a mean father, right? Um, so it can be um, it can be difficult, and it can be it can become one of those things where it actually causes you to to wrestle, to doubt to question, to wonder, like, is there a God? Is Does God care? Is God listening? Like, things didn't go my way. How, how can you say that God really loves me and wants the best for me when I don't get what I, what I want or what I prayed for? Well, that's not how God is viewing things. God has a much larger perspective than we ever possibly can. We are these finite beings trying to sort our way through life and uh then when we and we expect god to be on our page we expect god to operate according to what we believe is best in all of our finite knowledge and wisdom and the reality is we don't have god's perspective and the reality is that uh as a father god will always have our best interest in mind even when we can't see it e- even when we can't see it he he's he's looking out for us. And so how do you think of God? Right? Because this affects everything else. If I don't get what I want and I view God and my general view of God is like petty, judgmental, that sort of thing, then it's possible that I view not getting what I want as like God's punishment or or I start to question does God love me or you know is God this mean withholding father type figure uh and it really causes us uh, I think it causes us some undue stress and it causes us to 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 wrestle with with whether or not we are loved and and that can be a really kind of difficult place to be. You know, I think sometimes when, when we, when we have these questions or when we're asking God for certain things and, um, you know, sometimes you, what, what I hear a lot of people doing, and, and we wouldn't really say this out loud, but a lot of times it's in, it, it kind of seems like we end up bartering with God, right? We get into a difficult situation and we go, well, God, if you could just fix this, then, you know, th- then I'll, then I'll show up to church every day or every, every week. If, if, if God, if you could just make this happen, then I promise I will, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I think again, like, God's like, yeah, that's, that's not how this whole thing works. 
we, we live with this idea, this understanding that if we could just have X, Y, or Z, then we'd be happy. And we end up again being like the kid in the toy section going, I want this, I want that. Uh, and if I could just get that, I won't ask for anything else. But I think God as the, as the good father is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also if you could just see things from my perspective, you'd know that that idea is, is not that great. It's not, it's not that great of an idea, even though we're convinced that we know what's best. And, and so I think the truth is that God's idea of better is always going to be better. And so if I believe that God is good, then I can trust that and lean into that when I don't get what I want and when I don't see the results that I'm expecting. And when it seems like God is silent or like God isn't responding, if I truly believe and trust God and, and believe that God is good and has my best interests in mind, then whatever it is that I'm going through, it allows me to like take a breath. It allows me to, to, to pause and say, well, okay, well, maybe this wasn't what I wanted, but I'm going to trust that through this, there's going to be something good, right? Like, and then like when you look at this past week and what everybody's been through, it's easy to look at our lives and our world and, and to see all the, the pain or the hurt or the confusion or the suffering and be like, well, how come God doesn't just snap God's fingers and, and like fix everything? The truth is, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have an answer for that. In fact, uh, on, on, uh, on Sunday, that's today actually, uh, I got a couple of texts from people and, and several people like after the service that, that after the message said like, thank you, thank you for that. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, like, cool. I'm glad something w w there was good for you. But like, why? What, what, what about that was good for you? What, what resonated with you? And several people kind of had this, a similar, similar response in which they said, you saying from stage, you don't know, like ha hearing the preacher say, I don't know, was actually really comforting. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> Cause a, a lady had texted me about that. I said, Okay, so what you're telling me is that <laughs> uh, not having an answer was actually a good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Like, because I don't know why hurricanes. I don't know why some people's houses were fine and some weren't. I don't know why there were good Christian folk praying in Fort Myers for protection and they didn't get it. Or maybe they just didn't get it in the way that they were wanting it. I don't know why there was, I, I assume there's some sort of atheist in the area, <laughs> people who don't believe in God at all, and they fared out the same, or maybe they fared out better than the Christian folk, the people who were putting their hope and their trust in God to protect them. And then it seems like it didn't come through. So like, where is God's blessing or protection for those who believe in the middle of a hurricane? I don't know. I don't know. Is, do we blame God for this sort of thing? Do we blame God for catastrophes in our life? Or do we accept something like this as part of nature and so God's off the hook? I don't know. I don't know.
Can we still think of God as good, even though things didn't go your way? Can we still believe there even is a God if things like this are allowable? Right? This is a lot to take in. This is a these are these are good. These are okay questions. It's okay to wrestle. It's okay to question. It's okay to have doubt. Like that's this is part of the journey. And I think the wrestling is actually super beneficial. It's super helpful. I think it's okay to get everything out on the table rather than it's like any relationship. If there's something going on, you can either like uh, shut everything down and just go, okay, well, they did this thing wrong and it offended me or it bothered me, and so then. I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to talk about it. And then this thing is just going to linger and it's going to lead to more separation and within the relationship. Or you can do the hard work of the fight. You can put everything on the table and you can work through it. And hopefully what you'll find is that in the end, there will be good that comes of it. There will be, there's something good that comes out of the wrestling, right? Um, I also... Uh, have come to realize that when you go through some sort of difficulty, whether you're talking hurricanes or just uh, metaphorical hurricanes in your life, dealing with some sort of hurt or hardship, that a lot of times when it comes to something like this is that we look for like a logical, rational explanation. We, we want to have an intellectual understanding of why things happened the way they did, right? Especially these, these kind of difficult times especially when when we've been praying about something right the reality is i'm not sure that there's like a, a logical there's not a logical explanation for a lot of what happens right so if you're expecting a logical uh explanation to solve uh and to heal these emotional hurts because of what you've gone through i'm not sure that's going to work Right? You see this with kids all the time. I see this with my kids. With our youngest, he'll get really sad or upset about something, uh, about how he, he lost his toy or his balloon popped or we're out of the ice cream that he likes. And I could spend a great deal of time trying to reason and explain why this happened. Or I can tell him, like, like, dude, it's just a balloon. Like, logically to me, right? That It's just a balloon. We've got a bunch of other ones. We can blow up another one. It's not that big a deal, right? There's always more. Or I can talk to him about how like when he thought his siblings were being mean to him, that it, they weren't being mean. They were actually trying to help, and he took it as as sort of a mean sort of thing. Like, and And I could go through this, and if he could just see it from a different perspective, then he would understand what I'm talking about. But the reality is, is that no matter how articulate or how logical that I can be in explaining <coughs> in explaining to him why this thing happened or why the thing that he just went through wasn't a big deal, he is still hurt. He is still bothered by it. He is still carrying some grief about that particular situation. And no amount of logic or reason will change how he feels in that moment. Right, And, th- and I think this is what we do, isn't it? We go through something hurtful or painful. Um, there's this external event that affects us internally, that affects us emotionally, and we want to know why. We want an explanation. But that emotional hurt won't be fixed with logic and reason. That emotional hurt won't be soothed through some sort of mental explanation or understanding. I'm not sure it can be. So if you're expecting to find a logical explanation to your pain and problems in order to fix your emotional issues, like nothing's ever going to make any sense. 
and and what it's going to lead to is a I think it's just going to lead to a place of like continual frustration. Even my wife the other day, she was, she had a, went through a series of rough events, like at the hospital, um, taking care of certain kids and not having certain kids make it. And, and just kind of questioning, like she, um, the other day we went for a run and we got done and I could sense like she wasn't like in her normal, like state of mind um, during and, and after the run. And I, <laughs> my, my immediate thought was uh, what I do. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I said, what are you okay? What's wrong? And she goes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at God right now. I'm mad at God right now. Right. Because she was struggling to understand why the things happened with these kids the way they did. And I get it. It's, it's a lot. It, it could be a lot. And, and I didn't say it to her then because trying to explain this whole bit about how an explanation won't actually help her hurt <laughs> wasn't, wasn't good timing. So, you know, like a couple of weeks later, I made a sermon about it. Um, which again, kind of brings us back to this original question. Like, how do you think of God? Cause that sits underneath everything how you think of God affects how you understand, interpret, and approach, and approach everything you're going to. So one of my favorite, one of, I feel like I say it every time I use the passage, one of my favorite passages, um, there's a great passage in Matthew chapter 7, and this was like the only scripture that we use, just, just this one passage, because to me, this is such a powerful verse that I think we maybe overlook or don't don't allow it to have the weight in our lives that it should or it could. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11. This is the message version of this passage, which I chose because it says it. It says this passage that maybe people have heard before just a little bit differently. And sometimes having just that little bit of difference helps us to hear it differently instead of in the same wording and the same rhythm and same patterns. So it says, if your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're decent. Uh, you, you are at least decent to your own children. So don't you think that the God who conceived you in love will be even better? Yeah. So Jesus says, look, you take care of your kids. You're going to give them the things they need. You're going to look after them, try to provide for them. You're not going to try to trick and deceive them. You're not going to toy with them and withhold from them. Even you, in your own humanity, with all of your faults and flaws, you'll still take good care of your kids, right? So don't you think, and, and this to me is just this beautiful line, don't you think that the God who conceived you in love will be even better? Yeah, because because God is actually, God is good. Jesus tells us how we should think of and understand God. And it is the picture of a loving father, but a loving father who is so much better uh, than we are, is a picture of a loving father who is love, who is love, who has brought all things into existence out of love. God says, that's the one who's looking out for you. So if you as a normal human being who screws up a lot, if you know how to give good things to your kids, 
then maybe our base default understanding, our first thought of God should not be that God is wrathful and angry and looking to punish when we step out of line. Maybe our default understanding of God is simply that God is good and God loves to give good gifts. And so maybe, maybe when we keep asking for things and we feel like we keep getting no, 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 maybe what we have to realize is that like, God has something better for us. Or maybe the thing that we're asking for isn't that beneficial. Or maybe the thing that we're asking for is just something that we're not quite ready for yet. Or maybe there's something, some larger thing that we don't see and can't understand. And we have to come to the place of trusting that God has something better in mind for us. Right? God's better is always better. You know, it's really interesting to me as I think about this hurricane and and about the hurt and frustration and and pain that has caused so many people. Um, and, And then to go, well, how can you say God is good in light of something like that? How can you say God is good if something like that is allowable? Well, the interesting thing to me and and I've been thinking through this this past week um and and still today is like the the truth is if we take like our personal uh belongings out of the equation if we take um personal hardship out of the, if we take our attachment to things out of the equation of a a hurricane that has seemed to do a lot of damage um the hurricanes are actually really beneficial to our planet right I, and and i've never really thought of this but i was doing some research and kind of stumbled into it i'm like oh like it's not just a a freak accident that we're all trying to stay safe from the storm it's actually that the storm the hurricane is actually really good from a planetary perspective right one it brings a lot of rain right and obviously there's always there can be too much of a good thing we were already super super wet and then we added a, a ton of rain but on the on the other hand like there's places like california that are going through a severe drought right now and that they would love to have some of that rain so the, so they bring rain obviously that's a good thing they also help to break up like bacteria and red tide in the ocean and so you have the, the the surface winds oxygenating the water, which actually helps to bring life back to the ocean where it had previously been diminished because of red tides. So it helps to take care of that. Not only that, but then it even though these hurricanes often look very destructive and, and they and they can be, but they also have this ability to pick up and transport substantial amounts of sand and nutrients from the ocean floor, which actually helps to build up barrier islands, which actually helps to build up coastlines. And in fact, the thing that I saw said that if it weren't for hurricanes building up a lot of these barrier islands, like the islands wouldn't exist. They they would just be eroded by the the waves of like the normal ocean tides and stuff. So it actually helps to uh, build up rather than just destroy. Uh, one of the big, uh, really interesting things, and I had never heard this before either, was that um, the hurricanes actually help to balance balance the heat of the planet, 
which is which is really important. So if you picture like the North and the South Poles, right? Then you have like uh, Antarctica and then the North Pole, whatever. Like these are these frozen, like lifeless areas because it's like basically too cold to live. And then in the middle of the of the planet, you have what we call the equator. The equator always tends to face and and is like the hottest hottest area of the planet going around the middle of the earth. And so what the hurricane does is the hurricane actually serves as a way to distribute heat from the equator to the rest of the planet, which actually helps to make life sustainable. So if you don't have hurricanes, the the, the poles become colder and the equator becomes hotter, and then it actually makes uh, the sustainability of life on earth much more difficult. So it's like God's giant fan that's helping to spread the wealth of heat around the planet so that life can continue to flourish. Yeah, it's really interesting. Not only that, but then when you consider like the the, the pruning of the trees that the dead or, or diseased or damaged trees are being taken out, the plants, the bushes, um, there's this pruning effect that takes place so that more trees can grow up underneath that, that there's room for them to grow and for new new life to flourish. And then when you think about uh, the dispersal of seeds of various plants between the, the super high winds and, and the, the flooding of the waters, uh, it, it transports various seeds of all the various species to a greater distance. Their reach is now expanding because of the hurricane. So rather than having a tree drop seeds just under its own branches, these seeds can now be scattered uh, far, uh, much farther than they could on their own. So from a personal perspective, hurricanes can, can seem kind of hurtful and damaging, and I'm not minimizing that. I've I spent uh, several weeks, several nights this week, really struggling, really hurting for family and friends, for my brother, for Jess's family. But from a larger perspective, from a much more objective perspective, from a planetary perspective, hurricanes are actually kind of important for life to exist and thrive on this planet. Right? So is the hurricane bread or is it sawdust? Is the hurricane a fish or is it a snake? What is God giving us here? Well, I guess it kind of depends on your perspective, doesn't it? So if I come to know and trust and believe that God is good, that God is a good and loving father and that God wouldn't give me a snake, then even though I may be going through this uh, difficult time personally, I'm going to lean into and trust that there is a larger perspective. I believe that God is good. I, I believe that God wants the best for us, even when it doesn't feel like it. I don't believe that times like these are some sort of cosmic wrath or divine punishment. Like, that's that's absurd. This wasn't a punishment. There's actually too much good that comes on the other side of the damage for it to be a punishment. It's not God's fault that we built on coastlines. It's not God's fault that we live in a hyper low-lying peninsula that sits in the ocean, and then we choose to spend all of our money to buy things and place them like on the peninsula. <laughs> right? Like uh, the planet is is taking care of itself. 
I don't believe God would give us a snake, right? Uh, there's a much larger, more complete perspective of the one who is love, who gave birth to all things out of love. And so I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to trust that. Um, okay, let's, let's call that, let's call that good. Let's call it good for the day. Yeah. I, 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 I keep coming back to this, like, no, God is, God is good. God is good. God is good. The divine is, is going to take care of us and provide for us, even when it doesn't seem like it. And even when I go through some sort of difficulty, I'm going to have to trust that God is good. And if I can maintain that perspective, then no matter what I go through, no matter what you go through, it's kind of like there's always hope. There's always hope. And that's a, that's a really good place to be. All right, my friends, this has been the Sneaky Emu, a place where we're going to discover that the wonders of the world, beauty of God. Actually, this message kind of fits perfectly into that, doesn't it? We learned about the wonders of the world, that is the hurricane and how it actually uh, is quite beneficial from a planetary perspective. Um, and we learned about the, 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 what did we say? The wonders of the world and the beauty of God. Yeah, that God is good and that's beautiful. So this, this message fits perfectly into the sneaky emu. There you go. So, Mom, thanks for listening. I'm sending you guys all the love in your general direction. I hope that this has been helpful in some way, shape, or form. God bless, and I'll talk to you later. We're here to unlearn teachings of the church and state. We're here to drink beer. We're here to kill war.